Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking LinkedIn and all things LinkedIn. We're focused on helping you grow your business, helping you recruit better employees, helping you really improve your brand recognition on LinkedIn. And, you know, this is a show that came about because uh, I hear people complaining all the time. They don't know what they're doing on LinkedIn. They post content on LinkedIn. They connect with people on LinkedIn and they feel like they should be getting more bang for their buck. And then on the other side of the spectrum, I have people constantly telling me that LinkedIn is the best resource for them. They attract a ton of clients using LinkedIn. They connect with more people on LinkedIn. So we've got the right person today to sort all this out for us. My guest today is Jonathan Baldock, and he is in an advisory role for Social HP. He's going to tell us all about what that means. And he's had over 10 years of experience at LinkedIn serving customers like Accenture, J.P. Morgan Chase, Johnson & Johnson, PepsiCo, IBM. I mean, if you don't know who those customers are, <laughs> if you don't know who those businesses are, you've been living under a rock. He is highly skilled at social sharing best practices, utilizing data to build evergreen marketing channels, and he's an expert at social media recruitment, sales, and marketing strategies. He's going to straighten us out when it comes to using LinkedIn and making LinkedIn work for us. Please welcome Jonathan to the Inside BS Show. All right, John, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Let's talk about what Social HP is and what you're doing to uh, promote LinkedIn usage and how Social HP works. Let's start there. Okay, yeah, great. And uh, thanks for having me on. really appreciate it. So uh, Social HP is an employee advocacy platform, and uh, it's pretty you know, there's some similarities between it and others. There's, there's a lot of organizations or companies out there that sort of hang up that shingle. And when I was at LinkedIn, we had one. It was called LinkedIn Elevate, and it has since sunset. Uh, and so uh, I decided to do some consulting work and, and advise Social HP because they were very different than all the other platforms. Most of the platforms, you curate content, you make it available, available for your employees, and then you hope they log in and, and share it. And, uh, and this is the 2.0 of that field. It's the only one that solves the big problem, which is my employees won't do what I ask them to do, mm. especially if, if it's not part of their job. And so uh, the biggest challenge with all uh, SaaS software is usage. That was our big challenge when I was at LinkedIn with LinkedIn Elevate. Uh, we would typically get somewhere in the 20 to 25% average monthly usage range, whereas Social HP is the exact opposite. Our average customer is 80% usage. And we have a bunch of customers that have 100%. So um, this is this is sort of taking that whole platform and, and that industry and turning it on its ear. So basically, you post content and then the software helps people in the organization share the content that's been posted. Is that how it works? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you want, you've got a, uh, if you have a, a decent number of employees, you want them saying good things about your company. Those are all going to help your organization do, you know, do things that are measurable, like hire better people. It's going to bring in new sales. Uh, it's going to bring in marketing leads. And of course, it's going to protect your brand. And so, um, you know, through that, if you just ask your employees to go do it on their own, they're going to quickly say, I don't know where to find that. You know, what is it you actually want me to say? And of course, they don't want to take on that burden of becoming a social media marketing expert on their own because they've got their own job to do. And so normally a lot of that lifting needs to be taken away and, you know, sort of socialized or, or 
or um, put into a platform. And so that's what a platform like Social HP does, like all the other ones that, that do something similar. Um, the big differentiator, though, is that uh, with, with most platforms, you, you know, once you ask them to do it, you have to sort of cross your fingers and hope they do. And uh, we've built some functionality in, which is a, a do it for me functionality. And so if you're taking care of an executive group, you can share on behalf of those executives, manage their social calendars, et cetera, without actually having to invade their privacy of having them give up their personal LinkedIn login and passwords and, and all of that, which is normally how it's done if I had to manage somebody else's calendar. Uh, so there's that. And then also the ability just to be able to scale it out. So if you have, whether it's 100 or 1,000 you know, sales reps and you need them to be delivering thought leadership and market information as well as company info, that's a lot of lifting, whereas uh, we can do it within just a couple of clicks and salespeople are really happy to have that burden lifted off them as well. Yeah, I've seen there are there are several law firms that I work with that use uh, either your software or other software where um, two or three people will write articles each week. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the firm is sharing that article and the, the software really makes it easy. It makes it seamless. Let's talk about that specific topic, okay? Because sure. uh, I, I work with folks who are independent professionals and maybe they have two or three people in their firm. And some of them tell me, listen, I'm, I'm posting great content. I'll post content on LinkedIn a couple of times a week or even some of them a couple of times a day. And they get, you know, maybe a dozen views and two or three people will, be, will engage with the content and click on, you know, the reaction button, either, you know, liking or, you know, applauding or any of the other, you know, sure. three things you can do up there. What's the, what's the key to getting engagement with your content? Um, let's say you don't have 20 people in your company that can share that post over and over again. Yeah. How do you get engagement as a, just a, you know, a business of one? So at first I would say we could start with social sharing best practices. Okay. And um, uh, LinkedIn had a really great recommendation uh, when I was helping customers on the Elevate platform. Uh, we had a ratio. So it was for every six pieces of content. Uh, you would actually have a ratio that you would hold, which is three pieces of thought leadership, two pieces of industry news, one piece about your company or you. Mm -hmm. So if, if all you're doing is perhaps, you know, focusing on just the you portion, my company, my services, my company, my services, uh, your network will kind of take a bit of a, you know, they'll, they'll turn off a little bit to it because you're just, all you're doing is self-promotion. So the, the goal here in um, giving that ratio is you're providing value to your network. Thought leadership, so for example, like sharing out a story of um, you know, a learned uh, best practice, um, perhaps it's you know, a challenge you came across and this is how you handled it, your subject matter on X, Y, and Z. And so you're talking about that, but you're not necessarily saying, hey, and we sell this, or hey, and I'm, you, know, uh, you, know, you need to buy from me. So I think that's, that's some of it is, is just consistently providing value. So then that way, you're not just looked upon as somebody that's selling something, uh, because that's really what we're all doing. Um, but you're also, you know, someone that they think, oh, there's, a, you know, somebody that's an expert in this, they're a thought leader in that. Um, they're always sharing valuable information. So now they're looking for that valuable information from you. And then you, you know, scatter in a little bit about your products and services, and you're going to get that, uh, you know, the, the click-through rate should be a little higher. Then if we look at the math of how LinkedIn works in general, uh, so you've got, 
you know, over 750 million members. It might be closer to 780 million. I haven't checked in the last little bit. Uh, but uh, the average person on LinkedIn has somewhere between 500 and 800 connections. And so if, uh, if, if I'm an independent person, an independent professional, and I share something out to my network, uh, let's say I have 500 connections. So that's going to go into the news feed of 500 people. If they have a very busy news feed, then my share, if, if I don't happen to log in within a reasonable amount of time of when you've shared it, odds are I'm not going to see it because it's going to get pushed down that, that news feed. And I do some scrolling on my news feed, but I'm not, I'm not going through my news feed constantly looking for, you know, in case Dave shared something, you know, like, right. oh, where's, where's the update from Dave? So that's where you're, you know, you're going to see, first of all, it will show up in the news feed of everybody you're connected to. But it may not be when they log in, so therefore they may not see it. You, you don't want to be too repetitive, meaning you don't want to share that same article four times a day to make sure it's in the newsfeed and you get in front of everybody, uh, just because you're going to get annoying for the people that are in their newsfeed all the time and they see you constantly resharing, resharing the exact same thing. So uh, you just have to accept the fact that you're going to get some visibility. Just because people don't click on it doesn't mean they haven't seen it. So if it shows up in their newsfeed and they see the article uh, and they see the headline, they're going to associate you with that article. So Dave shared this. And, and even if they don't click on it, they may think in their heads, oh, that's awesome. Dave just shared something valuable. So there's still recognition that's happening. So there's, there's still good visibility, and that's, that's important. Then anytime anybody does that public action, so like a like, a comment, or a reshare, then that's actually going to go to whoever did that, their entire network. So now you're broadening the horizon, your reach. So even if you only get three clicks, three likes, three comments, whatever it is, that's still going to go into those three people, their networks. Mm. And so you've, you know, instead, if your network's 500 and each one of their networks is 500, then you've reached 2,000 people pretty quickly. So you're still getting that, that network effect, that amplification. There are some tricks and tips, you know, video always gets a good amount of engagement. So putting on a video is, is a good thing. Um, but also there are some articles that just do better than others. Uh, as long as there's some quality there, but for whatever reason, lists are amazing. So if you're like the top three ways to do this or the top five, that, um, they do really well. Uh, I happen, I, I launched an app last fall and I wrote my, you know, I think it was my the top five things I learned about building and, and trying to launch an app. And a lot of people, you know, think about creating an app and launching it and then they haven't gotten about to doing it. So I got a lot of engagement. I got a lot of people clicking and liking and commenting on it and it was helpful, but I wrote it in a helpful way. And, uh, and so, you know, those kinds of lists are engaging. And as long as there's value in the article, uh, you tend to drive a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, um, participation. And then if you're thinking from a sales perspective, Let's say I get, um, uh, you know, I, I've got my existing clients and I've got my prospect clients and I'm connected to, you know, all of my existing and some of my prospects. If any one of my prospects clicks any kind of like like, comment or reshare, um, then you're, you're, you're getting a lot of visibility into that organization. Even if it may not feel like a lot, you're definitely getting visibility. And the reason why I'll, you know, reverse it and say, you know, if when I was at LinkedIn, I have over 300 LinkedIn connections. So if you get me to do anything publicly, 300 people at LinkedIn, it's going to show up in their newsfeed. Mm. The rest of my network as well, but 300 people in my, in, in, at LinkedIn. And if I'm part of that decision-making group, that, the buying group, 
for sure I'm connected with the rest of the people in the buying group. So now you've got it in the news feed of everybody that's part of that buying group. So you are getting visibility into some of those audiences. It's really just about making sure you're selecting valuable content that's, per, you know, that's, that's lifting all ships uh, and that you're um, consistent, I think, is something else. And just being thoughtful, you know, all of those things weigh into, a, you know, a decent strategy for sharing. Okay. Talk to me about frequency during the day. I, you know, I want to talk about frequency in two different ways. I want to talk about frequency of varied content throughout the course of the day. And then I want to talk about frequency of specific content, like in a weekly rotation or a monthly rotation. And for example, I do a lot of video. And one of the things I discovered is that native video, video that's 10 minutes or less, because that's LinkedIn's limit, that I upload to LinkedIn is always going to do better than a a link to YouTube. LinkedIn, my impression, LinkedIn hates taking people off of LinkedIn, right? It's just natural social media behavior. They definitely want to keep people on the platform. Right. So native video, I upload it. I have so much content. I could upload seven new videos every day. Does it yep. make sense to upload more frequently at staggered times between, say, 9 and, you know, not 9 a.m. and 9 p.m.? You know, some at the top of the hour, some at 10 minutes past the hour, some at a quarter to the hour. Like, vary the times throughout the day and upload new content five or six times a day. Is that a strategy that might be productive? Well, I mean, you also have to look at what's the appetite for your network. Meaning, first of all, if you've got great valuable content and people are really engaging with it and it's native videos you're getting, you're keeping people on the platform and you're getting those likes and comments and reshares, uh, then yeah, there's, there's a strong appetite for it. But if you're you know, uploading 10 pieces of, of, of video content a day uh, and you're not getting a lot of engagement, people might be switching off to it mm. right so it's it, i think it's a little bit of a b testing with your network to find out what's the appetite and then also paying attention to uh almost like keeping a bit of a log for about a month to sort of see what times of day uh am i getting more engagements and then just be more consistent with that because there's probably times of day where you've posted things and there's crickets and then there's other times of day where you've posted things and you've done well if it's all similar kinds of content that's a great way to identify when your network is the most engaged, days a week, times a day, things like that. Um, if it's varied content, then it, then you're also A-B testing the kinds of content, mm-hmm. meaning you know this kind of story is more compelling, this kind of video is more compelling. Uh, but if you've got some similarity and, and uh, really it's, it's all providing value, but you've, you've, there's some similarity, then you're really just sort of testing out the time. Okay. Let's, um, let's talk a little bit now about like a rotation. So I will, I'll post a video and I'll post it, uh, on let's today's, we're recording this on the 29th of the month. So it gets posted today at 8am and then I'll schedule it for the 29th of next month at like 8.30am and the 29th of the following month at 8.45am. Just rotate that content over the course of, you know, a year, it'll go out 12 times at different times. Is that a, is that a, a, a decent way to try and spread the content out and continue to, you know, to get, give it some legs? Even if it's a native video, I upload it brand new each time so that, you know, LinkedIn sees that I'm keeping, trying to keep people on the platform and I just rotate the content throughout. Does that make sense? Um, I, I, you know, I don't have a perfect answer for you. I think that's really, you know, what makes sense to you and what, what you're experiencing from a value standpoint. Mm. I will say uh, LinkedIn wants your content. 
They want people to upload content. They want people to share. Yeah. And so if there's any way that they can help you to amplify that, they're not going to be shy about it. Mm. Um, so if, if something's tracking well, uh, there is an algorithm that will identify things and, and sort of you know, push it to the top a little bit. And then periodically they will grab things and put it into their newsfeed uh, to amplify it even more. So, you know, I think more so it's about the experimentation of how do we title it? And, uh, you know, it, almost like, yeah, there's, there's some value in being a bit of a copywriter, which is right. picking a really good headline, picking something that's engaging, uh, uh, finding a, a tidbit uh, that's in that video to say, this is really valuable. Mm. And, you know, like at the three minute mark, you're going to hear this. You should listen. Um, then that way, uh, people know to open it. They know, you know, at this point, I should be paying attention. Those kinds of things are good because um, then you're setting the stage for the value. So you're you're setting up the value proposition, and then you're letting them know when that value is going to take place. Those are almost like a you know, if you're doing a, a presentation to an audience, there's that that path of how do we do the presentation? Well, I say I'm going to tell you something. Then I tell it to you, and then I tell you I told you. Right. So, uh, so that that kind of process is still applicable in this particular case when we're setting up content. All right. So, help us with the with the AI, with the artificial intelligence for the content. Is LinkedIn like YouTube in that it can deduce from the context of like a video? If we upload a video, or uh, I don't know maybe a podcast link that it can go through and you know if you upload captions it will it will extract from the captions what the subject matter of the video is or is the copy below the video or as part of the video the copy that you post is that you know still the way LinkedIn will figure out what's in the video video is still relatively new for LinkedIn so I to be honest and and I wasn't that technical on you know on that side and understanding mm-hmm. how they were interpreting the the content of the video so I can't really comment to that but I can say um, that the uh, the caption and the text that you put around it is valuable you can also add in hashtags to make it searchable mm-hmm. um, and hashtags are becoming much more common on LinkedIn and you can also actually add hashtags onto your company page so that that way when conversations come up that are within that hashtag, it'll say, hey, do you want to participate in this conversation to make sure that you have the opportunity when something is really tracking well to be able to, to, to step it up and, and get involved. So I would say, um, you know, those, those would be my notes, which is, you know, be selective about how you're um, captioning things mm-hmm. uh, from a text perspective, and then also add in one or two hashtags that are going to be valuable and closely associated with the content. Okay, that's that's good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about outreach now. I get, I want to say three or four a day. I don't have a, so I had, my, my LinkedIn story is at one point I did some kind of an open networker thing where the entire world like connected to me and I didn't know anybody and people were asking me for introductions to people I didn't know and those people right. would ignore the introductions. So I took a step back and I actually, what I did was I made a list of everybody that I knew who was in, on LinkedIn I gave it to a virtual assistant and I said, get rid of everybody else. Sure. <laughs> so I went from 30,000 LinkedIn connections to maybe 1,100 or 1,200. And um, now I'm seeing things that I, that, from people that I actually care about, which is, I think, the whole point, right? You want to be connected to people that you care about. Now, there's a strategy uh, that I'm using now where I 
reach out to people who I think might be good, either uh, people for me to refer business to, people who could refer business to me, or people who are good clients, and I offer them something valuable. And I do it one time. I say, listen, I've got this thing that's valuable. If you want it, it's absolutely free. All you need to do is connect with me, and then I'll send it to you. And then, you know, five people a day connect with me. And I reach out to 25, five people a day connect with me, and I send them this link to a white paper. And most of them who connect with me download the white paper, and now they're in my feed, and I can communicate with them. And that that works well, but it's a manual process. I see people who have automated this, and I get, like just blatant like that these people don't even know me they're not connected to me well, and they, the they they're using they're using a third party tool and they immediately try to sell me something so right. give us what is the right way to connect on linkedin and what is the wrong way to connect with somebody on linkedin ah okay we and we've all done all of it we've all done the right way and the wrong way uh but um so first off uh there's if it works for you great so, you know, if you have 30,000 connections and you have an open network and, um, and, 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 and that's how you run your, you know, your, your LinkedIn profile, all the power to you, no problem. Uh, some people are using third-party tools, meaning they literally have zero idea who you are. They don't even know they're reaching out to you and it's, it's asking, you know, to connect. And it has a little like intro thing that, you know, drops it in almost like a, an email campaign. And so, uh, and if, if they're doing that and they find some success in it, great. Um, it wouldn't be my first choice. Uh, um, uh, your strategy, I think, is good. You know, hey, let's connect. I can provide some value. Super. I think that's a good strategy. Um, you, your culling of your network, it was, I think, a good decision. Ideally, you want to be connected with people you know, you're doing business with. Uh, you can provide value or they can provide value to you. Otherwise, why are you connected? Mm-hmm. And if people are just connecting with you for you to add value to them, and there's really no, like nothing to, you know, as an opportunity in return, I think it's a reasonable thing just to go back and say, hey, I, I don't see an opportunity for us to work together at the moment. But, you know, if that changes in the future, I'm happy to connect then. And so, you know, just being polite and, and acknowledging the, uh, the invites, sometimes a good thing to do, unless it really looks like it's spam. Um, and then you did note, you know, for example, like someone connects and then the second they connect, they're, they're asking for business or do you want to buy this or do you want to buy that? Um, you know, not necessarily the best strategy. Uh, usually you want to build a bit of a relationship, but if there's no, there's no reason to build that relationship, then again, what's the purpose of the connection? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and, and even if, you know, sometimes it's valuable because you know, you know common people and you're like, I think there might be an opportunity for us to work together in the future. That's all, that's all well and good. There's, there's nothing wrong with those invites. I, I think you've approached it in the right way. You, it sounds like you've got a really solid network. Uh, um, someone described it to me and I think it was uh, like a really good way to position it, which is if you can't uh, send them a message and say, hey, let's go grab a coffee. And, and like if, if they're willing to go grab a coffee with you, they're probably worth having a connect, you know, as a connection. But if, if, if you send a message and say, hey, you know, would you want to go grab a coffee or you don't want to go have a coffee with them, 
maybe they're not the maybe they're not the connection that you should have in your network. Sure. Talk about you. You mentioned third party tools there. What is what is LinkedIn's philosophy about about third party tools? Are they are they okay with it or do they have? I'm, they used to have, and I don't know if they still do. They used to have a concern about automation. They didn't want pe- too many people using automation to, uh, you know, basically to spam people. What's their yeah. What's their philosophy on it now? Is it okay to use some third party tools, or are you still going to get in trouble? Um, I don't. So uh, those third party tools exist and, and they haven't been shut down. So uh, all I can say is they're either not aware of them or they happen to be OK with them at the, at the moment. Um, there are some limits, meaning like if I send, uh, you know, 50 invitations and I, I get people responding with I don't know him mm-hmm. and I keep getting marked as I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. My account will get suspended. Yeah. So there are limits, you know, to, to those those things. Um so I would say, I guess, you know, for now, they seem to allow it. When I first started at LinkedIn, um, there were tools that were basically ripping all of the data out of LinkedIn. And uh, so when they noticed those tools, they would shut down that, that API and, and they would, you know, prevent it from happening. Um, but they have a lot of things to manage. And, uh, and so, you know, with every network, there's a ton of value. And then there's the opportunity for things to be, you know, to have, have, have it being taken advantage of. And so I'd say, you know, right now, I think they're doing their very best at being able to manage that. But uh, I can't give an official opinion as to um, what their stance is, because uh, I, I wasn't on that team even when I was there. Yeah, but you're uh, but but you you know a lot about LinkedIn. You're you're an expert on the platform. And, yep. you know, basically what I'm reading into what you're saying is, look, if they haven't shut it down, then obviously it's not it's not too much of a menace. So <laughs> you know, they're they're tolerating it for whatever tool you're using. If they haven't yeah. shut it down yet, they're tolerating it for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, my my rule of a, a decent, a, you know, a decent uh, summation for sure. My uh, my rule of thumb is as far as connection requests go i we cap it at like 25 or 30 because i you know if i reach out to 20 25 people a day is a good number of people for me to be able to manage like if everybody responded to me could i follow up with them that's the way yeah, your full-time i look at time job it. would be following up with the yeah but i know it's like you know you're talking about if i you know if 10% of the people connect with me that's a lot and that's and you're talking about five people six people so i can definitely follow up with six people each day it's not a big deal to follow up sure. with six people so that's why we cap it at 25 or sometimes 30 depending on what we see that's interesting in there. I also, you know, one of the things that I've noticed that makes it more effective for me, and I'd be curious about your opinion on this when it comes to connecting, I pick a specific industry group and a specific geography, and I focus on that for at least three months. So for example, right now, we're doing a campaign where I'm connecting specifically with lawyers in New York. And the reason I'm connecting with lawyers in New York is because we do an event every year in New York. I mean, obviously, during the pandemic, we haven't done events, but we do an event every year in New York. And if I connect with 500 lawyers in New York and I invite 500 lawyers, maybe I'll get 10. So, sure. you know, that's a, we, we focus on industry and geography. It's just kind of marketing 101, segmenting your sure. audience. So, you know, is that, uh, is that something that is effective if you're looking at connecting with a significant number of people and providing value to them? I think so, because, you, you know, you've got it location-specific and you've got it industry-specific, and so you're targeted, which means also if you're crafting content that's valuable to one, it's going to be valuable, hopefully, to a large number of them. 
And, uh, and so it's easier for you actually to manage um, because then when you're communicating, uh, you're not crafting 500 separate messages and you're localizing all of those 500 separate messages. Uh, you're crafting a high quality message that is applicable to a lot of people and then personalizing it for each of those individuals. So I would say it's a great strategy. Okay. Um, let's talk about uh, earned media now. Is, it, is yeah. LinkedIn a good platform to connect with people who are in the press and uh, perhaps pitch them stories? How, do you, how would you use LinkedIn to, uh, to get earned media? So um, first, let's, let's talk about the category. So there's owned, which would be your company page, your LinkedIn profile, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's paid, which would be, hey, I want to run a campaign LinkedIn. This is my target audience. These are my specifics, either through a LinkedIn rep or you can do it. You know, they have a lot of online functionality that you could just set your, your, your program up on your own. Um, so those are the sort of two on the opposite ends. In the middle, you've got earned, which is when you're sharing content and you're getting those likes and comments, that's, that's earned content. Oh, okay. um, you're, you're separating and you're adding in like third party, for example, like PR right. and, and whatnot, which in, in, in definitely in, in, in every respect is earned, earned media, um, but it's a separate approach. Uh, on the LinkedIn platform, earned media is those likes, comments, and reshares on your free posts. Or earned media could also be calculated through... Um, uh, employee sharing out content. Mm. So for example, like if I share a story, I might get six likes and comments, but if my 50 employees share it out, I might average six across all 50. And then, you know, now we're into hundreds of likes and comments, right? So, uh, so that's, that's, uh, the category that I tend to spend most of my time in and being able to measure that out. And then what we can do is we can calculate out what is that worth to you? And typically LinkedIn is you know the most expensive platform to do paid campaigns on. Sure. And so uh, you know a decent average might be three dollars average cost per engagement, but it could be much more expensive depending on the vertical that you're in and depending on how competitive it is. And so what you can do then is you can see you know for example if I shared out a story and my my 50 employees uh, shared it and we ended up getting 300 engagements, if my average cost per engagement on a paid link campaign paid LinkedIn campaign is $3 per click, then we just saved $900 by having our employees share that out. Right. They, our employees just generated $900 worth of value to the company by sharing one story. So that's, that's, that's that sort of uh, math on how you calculate earned media. There is an argument sort of uh, on, on the specificity of it, meaning it are all of those uh, 300 engagements uh, you know, if you did a paid campaign, are they lining up exactly, you know, uh, overlapping identically on that paid campaign or that target audience? And the answer is going to be no. You know, uh, um, this is this is your employees' networks. Well, who are in your employees' networks? Definitely your clients, definitely your prospects. So you're definitely getting some of that that focused audience that you would be doing a paid campaign for. But if you said, you know, I want to um, target this new area with these, you know, completely different demographic and they're outside of the employees' uh, networks, then uh, they're definitely not penetrating into that. But who else are in your employees' networks? Well, people that they used to work with. Well, who, who do you want to recruit? You want to recruit more people like your employees since they're performing well. Well, if they've worked at previous companies that had, you know, they were on similar teams, then they've got a strong network of people that you wish your employees were referring into the company. And then, of course, we can't expect our employees to know all of our open jobs 
and everyone, remember everybody in their network and look at it every day and try and marry that up. So this is a way that when your employees are sharing out content, it's kind of doing it for you, which is it's building that visibility through the employees' networks for recruitment, for, uh, um, so, you know, through talent acquisition, uh, for top of the funnel marketing leads and, and awareness about your uh, company, thought leadership, campaigns, anything that you've got kind of coming up. And then it also is protecting your brand because LinkedIn is typically the one place where you can really control the messaging around your brand. Mm. Almost exclusively people are positive on LinkedIn. I know there's the odd political thing that seems to be floating around now, which is it's you know a little disappointing because really LinkedIn's not built for that. It's built for really lifting, you know, lifting all ships. And so, uh, but if we focus on what's the content you'd be sharing, well, it's, it's about driving value. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so you're, you're really strengthening the brand. You're strengthening the brand of your employees. And then statistically, uh, your employees are twice as trusted as the employee, like as the brand itself. So uh, those engagements that they get are more valuable than the engagements that your company page gets, because those engagements are coming from people that know them and trust them. And so it's, it, they're more impactful engagements. Okay, super. Now, let's talk a little bit, You, since you're talking about larger companies, talk a little bit about the company LinkedIn page, right? And should everything that, so if I'm using a, a platform like Social HP and I have all my employees sharing the, you know, the important content, Am I, am I posting that content primarily on the company page or is it like three people in the company every week are, you know, creating new content and that's what everybody's sharing and circulating? What goes, I let, what goes on the company page versus what people are posting individually? Well, I think it's a bit of both. Okay. You know, the, the company page, it's how do you want to represent your company on the, on the platform? Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of content you're posting on the company page. You can post thought leadership. You can post industry news. But primarily, it's going to be a little bit more exclusively focused on what, what's up at the company. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be promoting the great deeds that you're doing in the market, that you've got an upcoming event. Um, you highlight an employee about you know what a fantastic person this is, and we're so thrilled to have them. Those are all great things to do. So it's about you know brand reputation. It's about strengthening the profile of the organization. And yes, we definitely want our employees sharing out that content. Your, your employees should also be adding value to their personal networks, which is that thought leadership and industry news as, uh, in addition to that. Um, and then from a, um, uh, uh, like a, a measurement standpoint, um, this is where uh, the power of the employee's network is always going to be significantly more than the power of the company. For example, if you have a company and you have 50 employees, on average, you might have somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 followers, company page followers. Meaning, if you do a company page update, 800 people are going to be seeing that in their newsfeed, including your 50 employees, because they're automatic followers of your company page. Whereas if you get one employee to share that, they're still reaching 800 people. So if you get all 50 of your employees to share it, they might reach 40,000 people. Mm -hmm. So one update from the company, you reach 800 people. One update from the employees, they reach, uh, sorry, 40,000 people. So they reach, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 times more. The other piece is then, what size of company are you competing with? Well, if your employees aren't sharing content, you're only competing with companies that have fifty uh, uh, have eight hundred followers. Whereas the average company that has fifty thousand followers or forty thousand followers probably has two thousand employees. 
So if they're not doing employee sharing and they're just doing company page updates, they're reaching 40,000 people, your 50-person company can have the same appearance, the same reach as a company that is many, many times larger just by utilizing the network of your employees. Okay. So it's, I, a, it's the great, great equalizer. It's, it, it's a no-brainer for me if I have a company and even if I have 10 employees or 20 employees, I get them all on LinkedIn yeah. and leverage a platform like Social HP to have everybody sharing the content. You know, it's a, like you said, it's a, it's, they, don't even, they don't have to do anything. They just have to, you know, you just have to get them involved. What if, so what if I'm a sole practitioner? Is there a way for me to develop a network and leverage social HP with five other people and, you know, we all share one another's content? How how can we, how can we do that? Yeah. So uh, there's a few things. One is, uh, yes, you can do that. Also think about your customers and, uh, and, and the messages that they have. So if you're providing value and you have the kind of content that, you want to have go out there, but it's also going to provide value to other people's networks. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I've got this kind of, you know, for example, like a tool like Social HP, and say, I'm going to invite my clients, I'm going to invite uh, people on that are fans of our products and our services uh, that have been long term customers or really good network, you know, people in my network that I know and trust and I've, I've done business with them for years, and I'm going to deliver content you know, to them, for them to be able to share as well. So there's that opportunity. <clears throat> opportunity. Um, some organizations, even if you're, uh, you know, a one-person uh, company, if you have a software, for example, you may have people that are, that are selling it on your behalf, you know, distributors and, and things of that nature, resellers. And so, you know, delivering your content to those people to have them share it out is a, a definite opportunity for amplification. So there's many ways to be able to look at, you know, who's in my network, how can I provide value to them? And then also, how can they work with me to amplify my message? So, so you can, can you, can you use approach. social HP for that if the people aren't part of your company? Sure. So you could, so in theory, you could have your own, like I have a, I have a community of people that I work with. I could take everyone from the community, from the community and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, everyone, you know, give us your, uh, give us your LinkedIn profile and sign into social HP, give us permission and when we when when anyone in the network posts something, everyone in the network will share it and see it. Yeah, you can do that. You, you just have to be upfront as to the arrangement, meaning like here's how often we will be sharing. Mm. Um, you know, here's the kind of content we will be sharing because you don't want anything alarming going on your network. You know, when you sign up for this, you know, do it for me functionality. And, and there's two types of, of ways to do that. One is an open calendar and one's a, a, a closed calendar. Mm. An open calendar means uh, if, if, we're, if I'm on your, your, your social sharing calendar and, uh, um, and I opt in, anything you do will happen on my network. Meaning if you, if you say like Jonathan's going to share this on Tuesday, I will be sharing it on Tuesday. So that's the open calendar. A locked calendar or a closed calendar means you can still build out the sharing over the course of the month. Like, hey, I want you know, these people and I'm in it to share, you know, once a week or twice a week. And this is, this is the content that they should be sharing. And then what happens is the day before it's scheduled to go out, I'll get an email saying, Hey, this is about to go out on your network tomorrow. Can you just review and approve it? If I ignore it, it won't go, but I can review it. I can personalize it, or I can just hit approve and then it goes out. And then that way I've got that sort of final say. Um, So that's, that's where, 
you know, you, you've, you've got, uh, you can add in that uh, sort of, you know, added piece of control. Interesting. So, so you can definitely build out that relationship. Uh, and those that say, hey, look, you know, you guys are the marketing experts. I don't want to even have to do it. What we've agreed on, like the frequency and the kinds of content, that's perfect. And you can even, you can even separate it out into different audiences. So there's some people that might say, share as often as you want. I love everything you're doing. That's brilliant. Take care of it. You've got them in, in one group mm. because you can create different groups in the tool. And then there might be another group that says, um, I only want you to share for me twice a month. And this is the kind of stuff that I'd be willing to have you, you know, deliver. All the rest of it is fine enough, but I really only want this. So you can personalize the content distribution by audience so that that way they're all sharing exactly what they want whenever they want to. And then they also still have the ability to be able to say, take care of it and never log in or... Uh, take care of it, but at least just give me the opportunity to give it a thumbs up. So think about that for a minute. Even if you're a sole practitioner, you're one of the things that I'm advocating uh, all the time is that even sole practitioners build some sort of a community. So you have a community of 25 people that you're connected to. Everyone gets on social HP and people provide one piece of content per week and that piece of content is being amplified and you're getting great content for your own network Correct. so that you're constantly coming up in other people's news feeds. So if you have a network of 25 people, you and 24 others, you're getting into 24 different news feeds and then you're getting 24 different pieces of content for your news feed every week. It's, I mean, it's Completely. a, it's a great, Completely as long correct. as the content is solid and it's relevant, that's, I mean, I don't see how you can, how you can do any better than that. Jonathan, what is, what is social HP cost? Is it, is it affordable? Yeah. So, uh, when I was at LinkedIn, the smallest campaign I ever did for a client was $10,000. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and it lasted a couple of weeks and it was very valuable because it's targeted. It's very, very good. Yeah. Um, social HP is an evergreen channel, meaning it's always on and you buy for the year. So for 50 people, it's $4,500. Mm. Okay. So it's cheap. Yeah, no, it's no, no. Really it's a, it's a and good... you've got the ability to be able to amplify not just one message, but as many messages as you want, as often as you want, for an entire year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's very, very val. Excuse me, very valuable. Awesome. Your cost per cost per engagements like pennies on the dollar in comparison. Now, again, if you do a paid campaign, it's you're very targeted. This is less targeted, but still a lot of overlap on who you care about. Sure. It's if you if you are doing it with your employees, you there you're going to reach just about all of your customers. Every yeah. one of your customers who's on LinkedIn, they're going to hear from you if you're doing it with all of your employees. What I don't know of a better way for you to uh, for you to continue to be connected than having information go out to your customers on a regular basis for $4,500 a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's, know. you know, it's a great, it's a great value. All right. So if people want to get involved with social HP, where's the best place for them to go? Where's the best place for them to find out more? Uh, so a couple of different ways. One, they can just go to socialhp.com and they can click around and check it out. Um, second is they can email me on Jonathan at socialhp.com. So nice and easy. Uh, and then the third way is they can just look me up on LinkedIn. And uh, so it's just Jonathan Baldock. Uh, and the URL is, is linkedin.com forward slash in Jonathan Baldock. So, you know, my, uh, my URL has been personalized pretty early on when I was there. 
All right, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. We're putting all of that information in the show notes, socialhp.com. Jonathan's contact information will be there. I mean, he just gave you 40, it's going to be 45 minutes of fantastic LinkedIn business development and brand management information. I think you should connect with him. I think you should explore Social HP. You're, you just heard it's completely cost effective. And if you have even two or three people in your company, you want to double or triple the reach of your message. Sounds like a good way to go. We're going to explore it here. And of course, we'll report back. Jonathan, thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Folks, we'll see you back here again tomorrow for another great interview. Until then, my name is Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.